Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Welcome to Domain Masters. My name is Victor Pitts, and I am uh, uh, guest hosting a special edition of Domain Masters tonight. Uh, this is a special edition because Monty Khan is actually uh, on location out at uh, uh, San Jose for the Search Engine Strategy Show. And we have a recording of uh, Monty's presentation to the uh, Search Engine Strategy Show crowd. Uh, the title of his presentation was uh, Domaining and Address Bar Driven Traffic. So we're going to be uh, listening to uh, Monty Khan as he does his presentation, and uh, we're going to be kicking it off right after we come back from this commercial break. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. Faster than a speeding bullet, it's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low-cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. 
Welcome to the Daily Search Cast. Search Engine Land, for me, has been doing what I've always been doing, which is writing about search. Trying to get into this community site, bringing this new thing up and going. I'm hoping what it will do especially is, you know, people get out. It's hard for new people to network. So this is a way for you to say, oh, I saw that you're going to go. Well, I'm going to go. Should we go together and be friends? Like, no, dude, just because you said you were going to go, you're not going to go with me. People don't say that to me. They buy you drinks if they need to get something. The Daily Search Cast. Live broadcast, Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. And on demand every day, only on webmasterradio.fm. Your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to Domain Masters. And you're still master of your domain. Yes! <laughs> master of my domain. Here's your host. Uh, welcome, everyone. You're listening to Domain Masters, a special edition. Uh, you're listening to uh, Monty Khan at the Search Engine Strategy Show in San Jose. Please give a warm round of applause to welcome Monty Khan from Monica. Thank you. Thank you, Della. Um, before we get started, let's uh, get a raise of hands. Um, how many people in the audience have 10 names or less in their portfolio? How many people have 50 names or less? 100 names or less? 1,000 names in their portfolio. Okay, so there's a lot of folks here that have domain names, and I'm sure you're using them for a lot of things. And we're going to talk about um, direct navigation um, as it is with uh, um, uh, type-in traffic into the URL line. There's been a number of studies that I'm sure you guys have heard that we'll uh, talk about today in today's session. And uh, Andrew and John and Sean will all talk about their, um, uh, how they use domain names and the products and services that uh, they offer to uh, monetize domain names the best way. A little bit about Moniker and myself. I've been in the domain business uh, since 1995. Um, and started investing in domain names back then, knowing and feeling that domain names were unique pieces of property, virtual pieces of property for the web. And hopefully you all believe that your domain names are assets to your business and your company. So if you can pick up a couple things today about how to better direct revenue for your business through domaining and through address bar-driven traffic, uh, this session will be very good for you. Um, uh, we own and operate 12 ICANN accredited registrars. We invented the domain appraisal and escrow process for changing ownership in domain names. We've been monetizing domain traffic since 2000. And uh, we've created the live domain auctions that some of you may have heard about where domain names are now selling for hundreds of thousands and even millions of dollars uh, after they've been purchased for 10 and $35. And so this is all basis, uh, the values of this uh, traffic is all basis from traffic aggregation and monetization and a multiple on that and how much people are paying for domain names. Like me, a lot of domainers and a lot of you probably invested in domain names without knowing what the value was going to be. Um, today, uh, this, the revenue comes from uh, search revenue, pay-per-click, uh, landing pages and advertising, which we'll talk about a little bit, uh, customer acquisition programs uh, or CPA programs, affiliate sites, and of course selling domain names. Um, annual revenue in domain-driven traffic is uh, going to be a billion dollars this year, and in domain sales it's $500 million, um, this year as well. It's going to go to uh, $2 billion by 2010, so it's a pretty big market now and also represents 15% of all revenue generated by Google and Yahoo. So it's a very significant part of their business and a very significant part to web-driven traffic business in general. 
Um, there's about 14 million domain names of the 128 million domain names that have been registered that are considered what we call direct navigation domain names that drive traffic to websites or drive traffic to PPC pages or uh, aggregate revenue in some way. Just to give you a little bit of an idea of some of the large portfolios that are owned by some of the companies you may have heard about, um, Buy Domains, or now it's called Name Media, owns over 800,000 domain names. They're making money from aggregating traffic to um, PPC pages and also selling domain names. There's Fabulous, Vendari, Name Administration, and I'm sure you've heard of Marchex, who have now um, building out 100,000 of their 200,000 domain name portfolio into individual websites and search um, landing pages that aggregate search engine traffic through domain uh, direct type-ins. There's uh, 128 million domain names that have been registered to date. Um, this is a 31% increase from uh, this time last year. Um, 10 million domain names or 11 million domain names were just registered in the, in the first quarter of 2007. And there will be 240 million domain names worldwide registered by 2010. So there's incredible growth in the domain industry and uh, domain market. And a lot of this is coming from the CCTLD market and some of the other extensions that are out there. I'll be able to answer any questions that you may have regarding some of the CCTLDs and the value of owning some of those in your business, depending on how global uh, you want to go with your businesses. But it's important that you cover yourself in various extensions and also country codes if your business is more global than or more uh, global distrib distributed than you know something that might be more local uh, in general. In the past year, um, the um, um, private and uh, uh, private domain transactions have increased. Uh, you know, there's been over 200 domain names resold in the last uh, few years than when they were originally bought. So domain names are not only establishing value, but they're also having a resale value. People are actually flipping domain names and, uh, and for a profit now because of the value that they're generating in, in terms of uh, direct navigation and also build-out strategies. So the question is, what makes a good domain name? And a lot of this might be uh, very common sense to you. Um, I'm not going to read everything on the list, but some of the important things that you need to look at before you buy a domain name is make sure that you do a little bit of history on the domain name to make sure it's not blacklisted. Uh, go to the Wayback Machine uh, at archive.org and make sure that you see that there's not been any bad content on that domain name in the past, like pornography or some kind of spam-related content before you buy one. Um, it has to be visually pleasing, and um, there's different strategies in terms of having very short and generic-based domain names that drive natural typing traffic or adding words and phrases to domain names. Just like the tendency of what's going on in search engine marketing, people are typing in longer phrases into the search engine to get where they want to go and get more targeted. So instead of typing in the word autos.com, which was a name we sold back in 99 for $2 million, um, now people are typing in Fort Lauderdale Mercedes sales to go to a more geo-targeted um, destination to find out what they're looking for. And autos.com may be car sales, it may be information about autos, it may be service information, warranty information. Turns out that that particular domain name is owned by Cars Direct and it's a competing site to their Cars Direct main site. But um, make sure you have a good idea of what you're trying to target and get those keywords as your domain names. Another takeaway that's not on the screen, um, if any of you have your key brands and your key identities um, uncovered in any way, it's a big mistake for you. Make sure that you go back, go to your staff or your friends and family, type in your key brands or your key websites and have anybody in your staff type in your key brand or website as fast as they can on the computer at least 50 times in a row. Log all the mistypes that you have and then register those domain names because that one log or mistype is going to either a competitor or going somewhere to a dead page or going to somewhere else or maybe not be registered at all and that's one customer that you may have missed and revenue that you generally miss in, uh, for your business long term. So it's important that you cover yourself in various extensions and all the mistypes that you can think of where people are trying to get to your 
website or, um, or your products and services. Um, there's a definite notion about mistypes versus um, trademark names and also generic names. Uh, it's all very good to type in mistypes or own mistypes of generic terms. Um, you can get yourself in trouble if you're mistyping or getting mistypes or buying mistypes of trademark terms because trademark owners are obviously going after those domain names and you can lose them and actually end up in a lawsuit. So uh, try not to register too many mistypes. Through that exercise I just told you, though, you will find that a lot of your competitors probably own mistypes of your own domain names, and that's a great opportunity for you to get them back. We talked about the various uh, revenue generation from CPC and CPA and selling domain names, um, but the revenue is generated multiple ways for domain names, uh, more ways than what you think that they are today. So you can drive revenue, of course, by redirecting traffic to your main website, to pr particular products and services. Any names that are not developed in your portfolio, make sure that you have them on a landing page that at least is generating some income for you or generating some kind of lead information that helps you out. One of the most popular um, places for this is, is a PPC landing page, a pay-per-click landing pages. I'm sure some of you have landed on these or have seen these, but um, they're very linguistic-driven pages that kind of look like little miniature websites that um, drive linguistically-driven ads from Yahoo or Google right onto that, um, on that page. And it turns out that those little links um, actually convert better than direct search traffic does because it's very linguistically driven. And you'll hear a number of different studies on how some of the companies um, uh, utilize that traffic and some of the uh, studies that they've been able to do to take that, those domain names and further develop them into um, good advertising campaigns. But um, you definitely do not want to have any of your domain names going to dead pages or not generating some kind of revenue for you. So there's a number of programs out there that can help monetize your domain names while you're developing others. And you'll find that fully f developed websites don't necessarily generate you more money than a PPC landing page does. So it just depends on um, where people are coming from, where they're going, what kind of pages there are, um, who you're reaching in terms of your audience, the time of day, seasonality. There's lots of different variables. So make sure that you do your homework. One of the other exciting um, uh, sources of revenue or leveraging capital on domain names is now companies are loaning money against the value of your domain names. Uh, we work with a company called Domain Capital and they do mortgages of domain names similar to how you would refinance your house or um, if you wanted to buy a new house. Um, we loan 60% of the, of, the, uh, uh, of the value of the domain name and uh, you put up 40% of the value and then you pay the 60% off over five years just like a mortgage. Also, um, domain names are donated to charities and you get tax rebates for doing that. It's just like donating a piece of property or piece of art or anything else and yet it requires an appraisal. Um, and then you can donate that uh, domain name to a popular charity or a nonprofit organization and it goes to your benefit. As uh, Detlev mentioned, the, um, one of the big phenomena that, uh, that people don't realize is that 70% um, of people now are typing in where they want to go into the URL line rather than going to a search engine. It doesn't mean that more people aren't doing more searches than they are uh, typing in domain names. But ultimately, the study by Website Story, which was done three, or three years ago, has increased from 70% uh, from 53%, even with twice as many Internet users out there. So um, I'm sure that some of you type in where you want to go all the time because you know your destination. So you would type in Google, you would type in Yahoo, you would type in Amazon, and you type in Barnes & Noble. That's part of this um, aggregation study. However, the mistypes of those names obviously are getting a lot of traffic because a lot of people are typing those in. And human behavior says that 50% of people actually type in the domain name right into the URL line to where they want to go instead of looking up in a search engine. A lot of people type in domain names right into the search engine, ironically. So um, people go to Google and type in google.com inside the Google search engine. So this is a a realistic behavior that's not decreasing in nature, and it doesn't mean that people are less educated on how to use the web. 
It just means that they are doing things to get to where they want to go faster, and this is a natural response on getting there. And they're typing in their domain names right into the URL line. So you have to take advantage of that opportunity and market yourselves and market your company and market your products and services to capture that web traffic because a lot of it is missed or it goes to other people. Direct navigation, uh, as I mentioned before on some of the Google and Yahoo stats, but it's responsible for about 9% of the overall search market in the U.S. and, and the U.K. And uh, as I mentioned before, according to Website Story and then a recent study that Jupiter Media just uh, did, um, there's a conversion rate of 4.2% of PPC link um, capture on conversion rates where people are typing in domain names into the URL line and then clicking on the next link and then becoming uh, an acquisition of some kind by doing that next click. Compared to search, it's twice as good as what a search engine is um, in terms of getting that uh, customer to convert. So it's pretty valuable information. Um, public companies such as Marchex, LiveDoor, ValueClick all have these large portfolios. And then there's companies like iReed, Demand Media, and Name Media, which are all planning IPOs within the next 12 months, all based around revenue from direct navigation uh, generated, re generated revenue from their uh, portfolios. Um, as you'll hear today, um, the PPC landing page is only the foundation of where the domain name can go. There's, uh, there's a lot of affiliate-generated programs. Uh, one of the domain names we sold in our last auction for $3 million, which is creditcheck.com and free credit check, it goes to a CPA program per, for Experian. And um, on PPC, it generated about 60 to 70% of the revenue it generates with uh, a customer acquisition program. In some cases, a PPC pages um, generates more revenue than customer acquisition programs do. So again, you have to test out the waters and find out what technology and what um, uh, monetization programs are out there for you. Just a little stat about Europe compared to the US. Europeans own twice as many domain names on average than a United States citizen does, um, and this is because they are starting to utilize the value of their country codes. What you may think is a natural type-in domain name through us, which is .com and .net and .org typically in the United States, um, please remember that .com is a generated uh, CCTLD by the United States government and was meant to be international commerce. However, when you're in Europe, in uh, England and Germany, for example, your number one type in domain name is your .co.uk if you're in, in England and it's .de if you're in Germany. As a matter of fact, um, Germany is the number two registered domain name, the German extension uh, of all domain names. And so uh, the Germans get it and they're um, typing in things with the .de extension before they type in .com. So if you're mo if your market is truly global, you want to make sure that you cover yourselves in the country code extensions in which you want to do business. Um, if you're primarily English-speaking based, then of course you want to cover the European countries and Australia and uh, some of the Latin American countries that speak primarily English versus uh, other languages until you're ready to offer up products and services and content in those other languages. Here's an example of a PPC landing page that's on our Traffic Club system. Uh, this gives you an example of what uh, a two-click landing page looks like. So this is a, a domain name that we have in our portfolio called home.net. Um, obviously, it's pretty linguistically driven. There's a number of different links there. If somebody types in home.net, they're more likely to type in one of these other links to get information about that domain name or about where they wanted to go by clicking in those other links. And this is the reason why the conversion rates are so high, um, because everything's relative in every different way about what somebody would want to go if they typed in home.net. Um, spades.com. Uh, for gambling is another example. As you can see, these landing pages are examples of how domain names, um, probably you remember the old days where there was a bunch of financial-related links and sports-related links and business-related links and all these different links that were unrelated to the domain name. Now you can see that they're getting very linguistically targeted with pictures, 
um, um, all kinds of information, sublinks to other destinations that are relative to the particular domain name that's being typed into the URL line. So this is um, a business that's getting very sophisticated and attracting more and more type-in visitors and converting them very well. Here's another example of a uh, totalbaby.com and what happens here. Um, as soon as somebody clicks on um, any, of the, any of the links and goes to the website, um, the publisher gets paid and, of course, the advertiser has a better chance of converting that customer. So how do you create a portfolio? Of course, anyone can create a portfolio by um, registering a domain name that uh, is um, um, relative to your business. Um, obviously, a lot of the generic and um, two-word and three-word domain names are gone, and so you may want to explore the aftermarket. Make sure that you look and see uh, who owns the domain name and try to uh, go through a broker or an agent or somebody that's very um, uh, capable of helping you get that domain name back. Um, it's better than trying to go directly to yourself in many cases because if the buyer or the seller knows who you are and knows a little, does a little bit of research about your business, the price can artificially inflate. If you use a neutral party in between um, and they don't know who the end user is, human behavior lets the domain name um, go a little bit less than what you uh, may have uh, budgeted for. And that's something that uh, a lot of people can help you out with. Um, the most popular and most valuable domain names are ones that drive have some kind of commercial relevance or value to them, things that are about products, services, um, uh, offerings, things like that on the web. Make sure you really look at your products and your services and what you're offering and get the domain names that are around those particular products and services. And uh, if you're going to be in business for any period of time that's legitimate, you definitely want to step up and buy a domain name in the aftermarket rather than just let it go. If you have the .NET and you really want the .com, Try to go after your .com because in the long run, the ten or twenty or thirty thousand dollars that you may spend, it'll look like um, small amounts of uh, of money compared to what you'll be able to generate by getting the key name for your business. Don't say, "Oh, that's not gone," you know, "that's not available anymore," and then move on and act like you can't get it. Because in many cases, you can get a domain name in the aftermarket or get one that's expiring by putting a reservation in the drop market uh, to get the domain name you want, and it'll make huge impact on your business long term. Um, just a couple case studies as I wind up in the last couple minutes. Um, I have a healthcare background, so I wanted to uh, bring this up to uh, bring a couple really key examples of what some of the healthcare companies are doing because they're starting to get it on how valuable domain names are uh, for their particular vertical. Um, this is a $1.7 trillion market, and um, a lot of people, and probably yourselves, are looking online for a lot of healthcare information today that you didn't do five, six years ago. Even insurance, insurance carriers, information about diseases conditions, all kinds of things. So the pharmaceutical companies and healthcare companies are getting it and they're buying direct navigation domain names and driving that traffic and controlling that content long term and it's paying off in big way. So one of the big examples is uh, GlaxoSmithKline buying asthma.com. So they went out and just a couple of takeaways from this uh, uh, particular acquisition is that they make the number one asthma drug in the entire world. Um, and they just blocked out their competition by acquiring this domain name. And now their competition has to go by all the other keywords around what asthma is in order to get the same type of benefit that they would have gotten by owning this domain name because millions of people every year type in asthma.com to find out what's there. This pharmaceutical company now controls the content and is responsible for educating their consumers about what asthma is, how to treat it, um, uh, next steps. And as you see with pharmaceutical company commercials on, the, on, on TV, um, they don't really slam it in your face. It's very subtle advertising, and they gain credibility that way by putting up new content about asthma, how to treat it, what to do about it. Um, 
one of the top insurance co lead generating companies, which is uh, healthinsurance.com, bought this particular name. They partnered up with another um, company to uh, generate insurance leads. They make millions of dollars now from um, just lead generated traffic through CPA by owning the domain name healthinsurance.com because it also received millions of unique visitors every single day. I mean, every single year. And of course, don't forget about the foreign language domain names, um, Spanish in particular. The Latin American market has the best um, chance for um, uh, increasing values of domain names over time. The Latin American community, of course, is uh, a huge online market in the United States, but also Latin America, and particularly in South America, is coming onto the internet in a big way. So uh, remember to cover yourselves in different languages. They bought this particular name, which is the uh, Spanish term for diet, and uh, very popular. Make sure that you do uh, trademark searches. Consider evaluating before you pay for a domain name when you do your acquisition. Use an escrow service if you're going to buy a domain name from another person. Don't send somebody money through PayPal and unprotect yourself. Uh, make sure you're always protected when you spend money on a domain name. Um, check out the statistics. You may want to run a traffic test to make sure that um, if they tell you it's getting 1,000 unique visitors a month, that you are also seeing that 1,000 unique visitor a month and it's not artificially generated. Look at domain name history and previous who is ownership to see how many times it's flipped or changed hands. Check the Wayback Machine. Make sure that you also uh, can see if a domain name has been blacklisted or has any kind of content on it from the past that could damage you after you purchase the domain name. Ironically, my domain name, moniker.com, was blacklisted. Uh, and for two years, we didn't even know it um, until we uh, worked with Google to get it unblacklisted. And it was because it was throwing up some spam content back seven years ago. And we didn't know it when we changed our name and, and made that our brand. So it's a, it's a, it's a very big wake-up call. Um, here's some of the useful links uh, that can help you find out the values of click-through um, terms, search terms, um, website strength, traffic, some of the domain tools that are out there to check out previous who is records. If anybody wants a copy of the presentation, come up and see me afterwards. And uh, this is a little bit updated, has more updated information, and I'll be happy to give it to you. Thank you very much. Okay, folks, uh, thanks for listening in to uh, Domain Masters. Uh, you're listening to Monty Khan at the Search Engine Strategist Show out in San Jose, California. And uh, as soon as we get back from this uh, commercial break, you'll listen to the rest of the show. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the Internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your Internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Online advertisers unite. Pay-per-click prices are up and customer service down. In order to compete, businesses must find an alternative like LookSmart. LookSmart is your budget-friendly online advertising alternative, offering businesses of all sizes affordable, targeted pay-per-click advertising. Log on to ppcpowertothepeople.com and join the revolution today. Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. 
of keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah, I get all my information online. <laughs> I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. <laughs> Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at RevenueToday.com. Wow, mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine, the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to RevenueToday.com. Search changes every day, and SEO stay informed with the help of the largest search engine news authority on the web. The Search Engine Newsroom of WebmasterRadio.fm. Weekdays, Danny Sullivan headlines the biggest stories in search and delivers compelling commentary with the search engine pros on the daily search cast. Ryan Eisenberg, Anthony Garcia, and Robert Carell break down thousands of blogs daily to bring you news and views five days a week on BlogBond. Webmaster Radio also brings you no-holds-barred analysis and opinions every week with Strike Point, The Pulse, SEO. Rock stars and the alternative. The search for news stops here with the Search Engine News Authority, WebmasterRadio.fm. Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes, <laughs> master of my domain. Here's your host. Uh, welcome, everyone. You're listening to Domain Masters, a special edition. Uh, you're listening to uh, Monty Khan at the Search Engine Strategy Show in San Jose. And now, for a different angle, uh, please warmly welcome John Lisbon from Point. Thank you. Thank you very much, and welcome. Um, John Lisbon from Pointed, and I got, uh, let's see, I got Pointed about 10 years ago as a domain. I haven't parked it yet. Um, it's pretty hard to get a five-character uh, domain, but at the time, I was actually in, into affiliate marketing. And um, and there, if you may remember, a company called Referit back then, so I thought it would be a cool name, and then ended up um, starting a search engine marketing company. Um, first of all, before I get into what, you know, why I'm here. I'd like to see a um, show of hands of how many people in the audience are actually trying to make money from domains, and that's why you're here. Okay, and how many people are just general search marketers interested in learning about domain parking? Good, good mix. Better than I thought. Um, so one thing that makes me a little different than, than the rest of the panelists or our company is that we're, the main thing is that we're not making money from clicks. Our clients... Um, really, satisfaction is number one, and we, we don't charge on a percentage of media. Um, and also, Monty was talking a lot about um, the stats. It's a huge industry, as most of you know. hope I'm not over-modulating here. Um, domain parking industry, a little under a billion dollars, according to Red Herring, and uh, partner sites contribute about half of Google's um, $6 billion revenue. That was a 2005 stat. Uh, we started with this round of speaking about a year ago, um, and I'm trying to update as much as possible. One thing um, that's really relevant here is how much money does Google make for domain from domain traffic? And according to uh, Eric Schmidt, CEO of Google, a whole lot of money. 
So when there's a whole lot of money, sometimes there are people who are, are looking to make a little money without working too hard. And that's, that's where you get into um, with domain parking. Actually, this is the wrong presentation. Can we pull up the other one? Sure. So this was actually so talking about updates. Something I just read in in um, you know a newsletter from um, the president and CEO of Click Forensics, which is uh, one of the largest click fraud companies. And he's saying that a significant percentage of today's click fraud traffic is actually coming from two areas of growing concern to advertisers: traffic from botnets and from parked domains or made-for-ad sites. And that's exactly what I've been talking about for the last year. I'm glad that he. He recognized that. Um, also, some of the dark side, I guess, cyber or typo squatters. Um, talked about that a little bit. And actually, somewhat unrelated is that Google is now getting, um, there's a lawsuit on Google with um, some uh, trademark infringement. And But in the same sense, you know, typo squatters might buy some domains and then try to redirect traffic from um, legitimate owners of those domains. Um, there's domain kiting. And um, basically, the main part, thing and, um, that, that I'm talking about uh, that I'd like to see the search engines improve on is, is transparency to the advertisers, allowing them to understand what's going on with domain parking, where how they can opt out of it really easily. And if the search engines really were always looking at your best interest, would they be opting you into the content network when you start as an advertiser? So I think you know that's kind of the litmus test right there. Um, okay, Exhibit A. Here's a Google report um, back in February of one of our clients' uh, financial company, and they averaged fifty-two dollars uh, cost per acquisition. That means they got a, a lead that converted into a member every. Um, for every $52 they spent on Google. And that was from the domain google.com, so people actually searching on Google. But Google has a content network, a partner network, and a search network that are different. The content network and the search network are different. So, um, and then below there, that are a bunch of um, domain sites. And we got this report from Atlas Search, which is a, you know, a third-party tool. And as you can see, the domain sites didn't fare quite as well. So, and then some of these domain sites, you wonder how they can get that many visitors, like stocktrading101.net. How can, why would 304 visitors click over to our client? Uh, how many people out there go to stock101.net when they're looking for online advertising? I didn't think so. So, potentially, this is click fraud. Um, here's a more recent report um, from Google in June. Uh, I wanted to point out information.com, which helps advertisers monetize. Are they, or is information.com a, a domain parking site? Or Oh, they are, okay. Well, that's what I suspected, but it was hard to find out from looking at their website. So again, the traffic, there was zero conversions for $2,000, 500 clicks on Google. Um, so over, over the past year, I've been talking about, you know, and I, actually the Google rep is not here to defend himself today. 
Um, but we've been talking back and forth about how easy it is to get out of, you know, some of the domain parking sites on Google. And, you know, everybody, some of you know there's an exclusion tool in Google. Generally, that works really well for the content network. And a lot of these um, domain parking sites are either in a search network or they're they're kind of and Google also has a way that now you can look at a referral you can look at a report and you can see which which domains are sending you traffic but they wrap it all up they wrap it all up so you, you can't see which individual domains and then you can't get out of those individual domains um, so that's where you know this this webmaster world blog I've got a link to it at the back of my presentation um, gets into more detail why I'm going over over sorry um, Here's a Yahoo report. Here's buystockzero.com and $3,000 in cost, zero conversions. See that guy in the middle there? He's really smiling because he's making a lot of money. Here's the online trading up is $1,500, zero to conversions to our client. Here he is again, that guy smiling. Um, buyingstocksbiz.com, buystocksws, $2,000. So this all happened in a period of you know a couple of months. And that's why you as an advertiser need to be aware of this and see if you can, you know, help yourself and help your company that you work for um, not pay for advertising that's, that's not legitimate. As you see here from a Yahoo report, this is a recent one. The CPA on Yahoo averaged $35, which is excellent for this client. But then some of these sites um, are not doing so well. And here again is trafficz.com, and they are also a um, domain parking site. Cost per action, 326. That's 10 times worse than on Yahoo.com. And so takeaways, not all traffic sources are the same. Uh, make sure you monitor your traffic closely. Um, consider leveraging an SEM and their relationships with the search engines to help you um, remove some of these sites. And fight hard for your money. This is some, something that I just talked to um, one of our client managers about is don't just send a report to the search engines. You know, you have to act like a lawyer. You have to build your case. And they do want to work with you. Um, we do want the search engines to be more, um, to improve their tools so and improve their transparency. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. <clears throat> Andrew Beckman, Search Ad Network. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Andrew Beckman, president of Search Ad Network. We're, we're based out of uh, sunny Denver, Colorado. Uh, I first ventured into the search engine marketing space uh, 10 years ago, selling uh, 468 by 60 banner ads on the Alta Vista search engine. And now we're here talking about domains, and the industry is definitely con constantly evolving itself. Um, and the important uh, way to analyze how these domains are performing is to use some type of web analytics or conversion tracking tools in place. Um, there you will see different referring URLs and how much traffic you're getting from the, each individual uh, domain. And by placing a tracking uh, pixel on the conversion page, you'll be able to see uh, what the conversion is based for each individual domain that uh, you're receiving traffic from. You should see a similar report to this. Uh, here we're running a, uh, a children education portal on the Google AdSense product. Uh, 
in their contextual network, and you can see that our baseline conversion percentage is roughly about 13%. So that's the aggregate of all the domains uh, together. And then as you look at the breakdown, you can see that preschoolgames.com is converting at a 26% conversion percentage, and Toller Online Games is at a 28% conversion percentage. So it's greater than that baseline, and it's, and, but it's, it's bringing us the, the traffic and it's bringing us the conversions. Uh, what we're seeing over the past 12 months has been a, um, a transition from uh, being able to see a lot of these domains to where they're becoming masked. So the uh, companies that Amanti mentioned are consolidating those domains into one URL, uh, and they're what they call masked domains. So it's become a problem for us over the past year, and as well as the industry, who, whoever is actually really digging down further to really know which domains are performing and which are not performing. Um, so you should see some of these uh, folks, you know, the Google syndication.com guys. We actually work with uh, information.com directly as well, but they don't allow us to cherry pick the domains. It's you buy it, you send the keywords to them, and, and you have to. Um, kind of uh, trust them on the domain traffic you're getting, but it does work for us, so I, I don't really complain uh, too greatly on that. Um, but luckily, Google has launched a, uh, a, about a month ago, a placement report, which now allows us to dig a little bit further and see where the domain traffic is coming from. So here, uh, we pu I pulled a report. Uh, uh, you can only probably go as far as, I think, June now, because I just launched it. I just have the clicks and the average cost per click on different domains that are coming through one of our uh, education campaigns. And these referring URLs are actually different than some of the stuff I'm seeing with my web analytics tools. So I think you're going to have to use Google's internal tools to see what is converting what's not. And what you're going to have to do is use their conversion tracking and implement their pixels so you can see not only the clicks, the average cost per click, but what the, how many conversions and what the conversion percentage is. And then you can take that information and then use their site exclusion program, uh, program where you can submit the URLs that you want to exclude and, and then you won't receive that traffic any, any further. Uh, at the same time, if you're seeing domains that you're really enjoying the conversion percentage and the traffic that you're getting, you can uh, also use their site targeting and you could buy on a CPM and really hone down on, on the traffic that you're getting from that individual site. Uh, here is a, a program with Yahoo Search. Now, Yahoo, unlike Google, runs a lot of their domain through their contextual network. Yahoo runs a lot of it through their, their search platform. And it's a lot more visible uh, where, as you can see, we're running an education client that's running at a 3% aggregate baseline conversion percentage. And then uh, you can see there are like interiordesign.com or findatlantacolleges.com running at a, at a great conversion percentage. So. Uh, they're more transparent. We see a lot of more, more of that traffic coming through. I know that they are uh, about to release over the next month or two uh, a domain blocking and the ability to do a lot of the things that we would do at Google so we could be able to really fine tune. Uh, and, you know, what I would like to see a lot of these domain parking companies do is, is take these domains and, and, and fine tune them a lot greater. That I, I see it happening slowly but surely where there's better categories or you could search these different sites uh, to hone in on displaying your ads on very relevant keyword searches. But the reality is, is that they need to be developed. They need content around each individual page so they can get indexed organically. And kind of the idea would be that 
uh, if you typed in a keyword search on any of the major search engines, that they would organically be placed. Uh, and then when you click through, your ads will be uh, intertwined with that landing page. And I think that would bring a lot more uh, conversions and better conversions uh, for the, uh, the program. Um, if you haven't uh, utilized some of the secondary engines, they definitely work for different verticals. Not everyone works, but uh, you should definitely give them a try. And, and they're able to compete by going out and buying mass amounts of domains. I mean, you see Marchex who owns a couple pay-per-click uh, engines. They've gone out and bought uh, about a couple hundred thousand domains about a, a year or two ago, and they spent about $200 million. And, and that's how those guys are able to compete with the larger search engines. Use your web analytics tools or the conversion tracking tools and, and, and look and see what those tiered secondary engines are bringing traffic-wise and then go back and handle like a media buy where you negotiate with them and look, I'll spend this much if you pull out these domains because you really need to, to be really fine-tuning those guys. But it's definitely a good opportunity for you to, to expand beyond the major search engines. Uh, you know, there's a lot of the major companies are buying these uh, domains. The generic, uh, you know, books.com is owned by Barnes and Nobles, and you can see it has about 5,000 searches daily, from according to Word Tracker. And you see Johnson Johnson, as well as Progressive Insurance, just buying these generic domains and forwarding it to their major site or building out a site of their uh, that's focusing on that domain name. Uh, about two and a half years ago, I spent $600. I bought the domain marketingdegree.com, and uh, I put our, my I forwarded the uh, uh, the domain right to my client's uh, page, and we make about fifty dollars. We do about a lead, a lead and a half a month, so we make about fifty dollars, sixty dollars a month on uh, on those leads, and it's already paid for the domain already. So I would highly suggest you go to these uh, GoDaddy's, After Nick's, Traffic Club, and you can see what domains are available, and 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 start buying up these domains for yourself, and just. Just forward them right to your pages, and you can be able to see through a conversion tracking tool, your web analytics, how it's working for you. But I'd go out and try to get this distribution yourself and, and not necessarily rely on, on the major search engines to bring it to your site. And that's it. Thank you very much. Sean Moranti from uh, Yahoo. Please give him a warm welcome. Thank you. Hi everybody, my name is Sean Moriarty and uh, I work with Yahoo. I manage our domain channel. We actually have a specific channel focused on domain publishers. What I'm going to talk about today are four topics. One, a quick overview of the Yahoo Publisher Network. I'm going to talk about what the domain channel is, what is direct navigation. We've covered a little bit of that already, but I'm going to go over it again because I think you know, a little duplication is always good to solidify in your head what we're talking about. I'm going to talk about the advertiser experience from Yahoo's perspective on domain sites and the past, present, and future of the business. So the Yahoo Publisher Network at its core is comprised of a number of strategic partnerships with industry-leading brands like Viacom and eBay, Earthlink, and so on. But one of the key things that we hear from advertisers is that they want more leads. And so we're always thinking about new ways to secure quality traffic to bring to our network. There's three key ways for Yahoo to secure additional quality traffic. One is the Yahoo audience grows, and we can serve more ads on Yahoo. Two, we establish additional strategic partnerships. Or three, we find ways to work with the publishers that are serving the long tail. And what I mean by the long tail are the sites that receive relatively less traffic. Um, the reality is that there's 
there's more internet users every day. Um, they're using the internet on a more regular basis, and they're navigating in novel new ways over time. And as we've learned, there's a lot of people that navigate using direct navigation. So what is direct navigation? It's essentially um, a user behavior whereby a user, instead of going to Yahoo search and searching for something like chairs.com, might actually go to their URL address bar and, and search using chairs.com and typing that in. So chairs, a search versus chairs.com and the URL address bar. And we see a significant amount of traffic um, being generated through this navigation uh, method. Now I want to step back for a second and talk a little bit about the industry in the past, today, and where we see it going in the future. In the past, as, as Monty and others have mentioned, um, domain parking uh, you know, had relatively low user value. In the late 90s, um, a group of domain owners decided to dabble in monetizing traffic that was coming to their domain sites. And the way they did that was relatively simplistic. Uh, people come to, came to their site. They would arrive on a generic landing page that had a number of different categories. If a user was interested in one of those categories, they could click on a hyperlink and go get more information or advertisements. Over the last seven or eight years, there's been uh, a movement to significantly improve the quality of the look and feel of these pages, but most importantly, to make sure that there's a close linkage between the advertisements and links on the page and the domain name itself. And the result is a better user experience as well as um, additional leads for advertisers. In the future, and many of these sites are, are in existence uh, today, um, you know, we're starting to, to see the evolution of these domain properties so they're built out in, in a more robust fashion. I'm just going to show you a couple of examples. And this is just the beginning of what I think is a trend long term where these sites are going to be built out to be mini sites that, that really have what uh, the level of value that a reasonable person would think is, is indicative of a, of a quality site. But in this iteration of, of domain um, experience, you have a site like digitalcameras.com where we've leveraged Yahoo Shopping to have relevant um, listings around digital cameras, and there's some descriptive content around cameras. Another example would be a zip code domain, 91899.com, which is associated with the city of Alhambra in California. If you look at this site, you'll see that there's um, a Yahoo map in the center. There's local specific content on hotels and restaurants in Alhambra, and there's sponsored listings on the right-hand side. Another example, Bay Area Hotels, similar approach, Yahoo map in the center, um, you know, local relevant content for uh, Bay Area Hotels, sponsored listings on the right-hand side. So I want to talk a little bit about how we approach uh, the advertiser experience, specifically in the context of the domain channel. There's four things I want to discuss. One, Conversion rate. So conversion rate is of keen importance to Yahoo. And with all of our distribution um, channels, and especially domain, we're always looking to see, are there any conversion anomalies? And if so, um, we proactively uh, work with our partners to address them uh, for, for the benefit of our advertisers and the network as a whole, because ultimately, we're not going to be successful unless we're providing quality leads for our advertisers. Domain suitability. So we have both technology and human uh, review uh, that we bring to bear to ensure that advertiser listings only show up on domains that are appropriate for advertiser listing display. An example of a domain that wouldn't be appropriate would be a, you know, a trademark infringing type domain, a misspelling of, of Disney, for example, or you know, 
domains that are associated with weapons or firearms or tobacco. None of these types of domains are ones that we support uh, or expose our advertisers to. Communication. We have a dedicated team of individuals uh, who are advertiser-focused that are there to answer questions that are, are specific to the domain channel. And control. Um, we have strict guidelines and policies about where, when, and how Yahoo <coughs> listings show up uh, on, on domain uh, publisher partner websites. So my final thoughts are the access points are increasing. So what I mean by that is, is there is more users using the Internet more regularly and using direct navigation more frequently. Uh, and there's also a quest to secure additional quality inventory for the Yahoo network. There's more opportunities for us to display advertising in, in new venues, new quality venues. And we're committed to continuing to uh, improve and increase the inventory on our network to bring additional quality leads for advertisers. As I just mentioned in the last slide, we're very focused on the advertiser experience. We have dedicated individuals um, you know, to address any questions you have about the domain channel. And over time, we think that uh, domain sites are going to continue to evolve and become more robust. Thank you. I'm sure we, we actually, as a company policy, don't comment on the amount of traffic from specific channels. But as I think you've seen some of the other um, presentations, that you know, there's a significant amount of direct navigation that's, that's taking place. And there's certainly a meaningful amount of traffic in the Yahoo network. That is, that is driven from direct navigation traffic, and that's why we have a focused team uh, around uh, serving those publishers and, and answering questions from advertisers. As far as conversion is concerned, we, we see typically that conversion from the domain channel is on par with conversion from other distribution uh, sources. So as a, as a channel, the conversion rates are strong when compared to the other uh, different uh, channels of, of inventory that we're, we're securing. Hi. My question is about valuing the domains. Monty, you spoke about um, getting an official valuation for higher, higher monetizing domains or more expensive ones. Could you go into some more detail about that? Because I imagine you know, there's kind of on a continuum you could go to the far end and have very sophisticated financial models breaking down you know, the cash flows, discounting those back. Um, but in general, how do you go about um, um, figuring out the value? The values, right. So that's a good question because in the past, uh, when we invented the whole domain appraisal model, it was based off of just six basic things, um, simple things like is it a .com versus a .net or you know, .com versus a .org, uh, does the word have meaning, is it short, easy to type in, all that stuff. Today, it's a lot more sophisticated because there are cash flows, there, are, there is value of traffic and direct navigation, and so it's a combination of 18 different factors now, anywhere from how relevant the search terms in the domain name appear across the entire internet and the web, how many times it appears in the zone file, so if the word autos appears in how many other domain names with the word auto in it, so is it a popular term. Um, another very important valuating uh, criteria is on a Yahoo or on a Google page, is there paid search listings for that particular keyword term versus unpaid search listings? So is somebody paying to be number one or number two or on the right side for those same keywords that the domain name is? Um, of course, having been in the domain sales channel for a long time, um, we have a database of now 38,000 domain sales that have occurred, and we're able to do price comparisons of what a domain name sold for in the past that had the similar keywords or similar industry terms in it than that, than that 
name. So the word autos also means vehicles, also means cars. Um, how many of those names have sold? What has been the aggregate average of those sales? Similar to if you were get to get your house appraised, um, the appraisals are based off of what other similar homes in your neighborhood sold, what they sold for, how long ago did they sell, but it's not automated because that physical appraiser had to come out to see if you got a new kitchen, Does you need, do you need an air conditioner, do you have a new roof. We do the same thing in our evaluation process. Um, is the domain name uh, uh, linguistically relevant to, what, um, to the other names that are being valued? Um, is there a search and um, traffic aggregation um, valuation criteria for that particular domain name? Has there been a sale of a similar term and so on and so forth. So it's a number of different criteria, but it's very similar to how real estate's evaluated. I just wanted to add one thing that, uh, you know, you're, you're in the line of certain businesses that you need to look at. So if you can forecast that there's some, you feel like there's some business that's going to really grow and, and you want to get into there, it might be appraised at one value, but you might have a direct relationship with the, the client that might, pro might provide the sales or leads for that specific vertical. And, and you know that it could be worth a lot more than what it's being appraised. So I wouldn't necessarily I use it, I would just use it as a benchmark. I wouldn't use it as the final say. This question's for Monty. It's actually a follow-up to the appraisal question. I actually just had four domains appraised for a client who wants to be known for the specific, these specific terms and have it go to his site. We're now at the point he's like, well, let's buy. And I don't know how we go about doing this next. So do we approach the, you said don't approach them necessarily because they could, they could find out who we are and Right. I mean, that's price. a service that my company offers, but so, there's... So how do you go about doing that, and how do you know, do we come in like a lot lower than the appraisal and see if they don't know what it's really worth? And, you know, so what would you suggest? Um, so what you want to do is go to a, a company that does that for a living. So my company is one of the ones that does that for a living. There's other companies, um, Buy Domains, CDU, um, and then, of course, Moniker, um, which is my company, that goes out and acquires domain names, buys domain names for corporate clients um, in stealth, and also sells domain names, um, you know, for those particular clients. So... It's risky if you go direct because they, a lot of uh, sophisticated domainers always do research and try to figure out who you are and what the value is. Um, the, appraisers, the appraisal probably isn't known to the seller unless they're um, you know, somebody that also got the appraisal, but at least you have a guideline um, to what the, the appraisal is. And I don't know where you got the name appraised, but appra okay, so um, our appraisals tend to, to go with market since we set the market prices on domain sales, um, both in public and private. And so um, it's always good to get the domain name undervalued uh, if you can. So you can actually contact us since you got the appraisal through us, and we can go and try and get the domain name for your client. Hi. I, this is also for Monty. It's part three of the same question regarding valuation. And, uh, but can you give us an idea of like the, what the fees are for an appraisal? And do you have any opinion about leapfish.com and the, how accurate they are on appraisals of you, know, you can do an online appraisal. Right. There's domain. a lot of free appraisal services. Yeah. So there's a domain that we want. and Right. We charge $29 for an appraisal. It's not expensive at all. Um, and every single appraisal has human review um, to it. Um, the free appraisal services are just algorithmic driven. So my example before, like if you were to get an appraisal for a, for a piece of real estate that you're refinancing or selling, it's never automated. You don't go to housevalues.com, pull down that appraisal, and then all of a sudden that's the value of your house. A physical appraiser has to be there. They run all those algorithms, but they have to see, um, since we've been in the business since 1995, um, we've done thousands. Matter of fact, we've done 600,000 domain appraisals, you know, since our, 
there's only a there's a, there's all the web analytics like Google Page Rank, Alexa rating, the, the zone file stuff that I shared with everybody before. But then we have this really good information about what other names have sold for that the other free services don't have. They don't have, they don't have access to our sales database. And so since we've established the most sales on the internet of of most of the companies, and we pull down all the public sales, we actually have a very good comparable database to compare those sales to. And then um, attending conferences such as this and the other conferences, we know the value of search terms and all kinds of other stuff. So um, you could use it maybe as an initial guideline, but it would be funny if you type in the word Google.com in those and find out what they're valued at. And you'll find out how inaccurate they really are, Google and some of the key brands in the world, and go see what their values are. And then you'll get a sense for whether you should believe them or not. <laughs> yeah, yes, um, if you're going to use this in stealth, um, some, some companies use this as a percentage of the sale, um, or we establish a budget and generally are able to acquire the domain names under that budgeted amount, and then we split the difference of the savings. And so you win that way. So we do this for Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, Lionsgate Films, a lot of the big companies. We've done it for Jupiter Media, actually. Um, to, to acquire domain names. So um, it's key to, to use somebody who's professional, at least one of the companies that I mentioned before, to go and help you do that. Okay, I got a question. My company ranks very high for our search terms. I've gone out and actually bought a bunch of search terms, stuck them on Traffic Club, and they're just sitting there. You know, we saw StockTrading101.net up there and how they were doing. I assume that they may have some search people build informational sites, get traffic that way. Um, should I, I don't know what's your, your, your recommendation, just rely upon the direct entry, in other words, have good sites, or is it worthwhile to spend the time, invest in informational sites, have people linking to them, um, where those informational sites hopefully will get ranked high also? Um, I've got a concern, though, if the search engines start to see that we're, we're taking the top five spots, you know, they, we could get, uh, everybody can get kicked out. I kind of want to know what your thoughts are on that. I, I think that um, if you're going to bring value to the consumer and ha bring proper information, and then I would say then go that route um, and continue to build out your sites and try to index organically. But there's a lot of arbitrage gaming going on here where, where John brought up was a, there's a lot of company, uh, either individuals or businesses that are uh, driving clicks to these pages and buying it at one low cost and trying to get compensated at a higher cost from the search engines. Now, I think that game is, is going to tire itself out over the next year or two because as, as, uh, as the search engines allow it, open up their, um, open up the hood of what exactly, uh, you know, the domains that are bringing the traffic and they're not masked as much and we can optimize, I can cherry pick, pull it out. I think those those tactics are going to go away. So, but to come back to your main question is, if you bring valuable information and you optimize and you go out and you generate links and, and you index higher, you can bring good value and good revenue to your to your efforts. There's one interesting uh, thing that you sort of sense instinctively, and that is, but uh, you know, what if I'm top all five top five results in a search? What's true is in all of this business, if it's going to be search, the search engines themselves have a tremendous interest in protecting their search index. And unfortunately, if uh, there was a type of a search that resulted in some kind of an action, if it were a, a sale of a T-shirt or a cap or a car, uh, the fact is if all top five results result in the same essential transaction, even if you add value with four other sites or five sites, 
and it all results in a transaction with you and your site, that does not add value to the search user because if they're looking for an alternative, they don't have it in the top five results and the search engines do in fact protect uh, their search users against that type of a thing. And it's a bit of a gray area right now. These things haven't been sorted out because a lot of people do add value with additional sites, additional information. But what's true is if ultimately you're d looking at e-commerce or some kind of an e-commerce transaction or some other thing, you know, that's the most obvious, an e-commerce transaction. And the top five results all result in the same exact transaction with the same firm. That's a bad search user experience. If I'm going to buy a shirt and it's the same shirt and I have five results all leading me to the same site and I can't, I'm looking for a, you know, a cheaper price or someone who ships to my area or doesn't charge for shipping, I want to go to result, you know, two, three, four, and if it all leads exactly to the same thing, I'm frustrated. And that kind of thing is going to be a problem for search and search engines. I think, I think um, the, you know, search arbitrage, which um, Andrew just brought up, it's getting, the game is getting harder um, paying for, you know, Google is charging at least, you know, uh, raising the minimum for um, landing pages that are not relevant. At the end of the day, whether that page I, I showed was from click fraud or from um, arbitrage, it was, it was a bad user experience. I work for a private company, and I'm wondering what strategies or policies would you develop, number one, to block out your competition, keeping in mind that um, it can get very expensive. It can really get, you know, I hate your company or your company sucks, you know, like use company name mm -hmm. sucks and things like that. It can, it can really get blown out of proportion extremely quickly. However, you've got people out there who will purchase your name and so forth because I know that you talked about trademark protection, but technically it's a lot more expensive to litigate and to get them to stop buying that name. And then number two, um, well, maybe I should just do one at a time because that's a pretty Reputation management is uh, the name of the game there. Right. So. so as I explained in my first part of the presentation, it's very, very important for any of you to make sure that your brands are covered in various extensions and in misspellings. Um, it's not that expensive if the names are available, obviously, because um, you can get a lot of the mistypes for $10 a year, you know, um, and, and then you're covered. You lose one type-in visitor that goes somewhere else because you didn't cover that misspelling of your domain name. Um, it could mean thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It could be your best affiliate, whatever it is. So those things I, you know, I, I, we, we preach and practice with our clients all the time. In terms of um, getting into aftermarket purchases of domain names and protecting your brand that way, obviously the things that are core to the business, you want to try to go after in every way that you can. And uh, as I mentioned before, spending five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in, in some of the businesses here, it might be worth a hundred thousand dollars. If, you, if you're in business for a long time and, you're, and, and, and it's a dedicated part of your business or your client's business, it's worth investigating what that domain name will be, can be purchased at to protect your brand or to launch a new product or service. Um, without knowing, just because it's registered doesn't mean that it's unavailable to you. In terms of trademark protection, you don't have to file a federal trademark case. There's something called WIPO and the UDRP, which is the, Uni uh, the uh, United Dispute Resolution Policy. It's $1,500. Uh, a panel is selected, and if you have rights to that domain name, you don't have to have a physical trademark. You could have what's called common law mark on your domain name. First use, first business case to use, um, earliest registration of a similar domain name, 
But the thing you have to keep in mind is to win a UDRP case or a WIPO case, you have to prove three things, and you have to prove all three things. One, that they registered the domain name maliciously uh, in an effort for you not to get the domain name, that they are infringing on a famous mark or brand, and that they have absolutely no right to own that brand at all. So somebody might own your brand or own your client's mark, uh, but they may be using it for something entirely different or still providing value to the end user, and you wouldn't have a case in that particular case from a, a trademark case. Um, so that's what I suggest on those questions. Um, did you have another? I did. Thank you. Um, how do you prepare for future growth? In terms of domain acquisitions? Well, if you have things in the drawing board that haven't been established yet, the, the best idea is to get those domain names now instead of waiting. So, for example, Microsoft made a huge mistake when they launched Zoom. Uh, because they didn't secure the domain name. That's a big, huge corporation that just screwed up because um, they didn't secure their domain name of this product that was going to compete with iPod. And so as soon as the news got out that Zune was going to be this new product that they had, everybody on the earth registered Zune, you know, and had Zune variations of the domain name. So, and, you know, it's going to be very hard for them to go and get that. Um, there's futuristic, anything that's on the drawing board. So one of the clients that we work with is Lionsgate Films, for example. When they get a screenplay, and if there's any chance that it's going to be some kind of production in any way, they have us go get the domain name in advance. They don't wait for it to become some famous movie or mark or show or whatever. And so you really have to think ahead, get the different variations. And again, registering a, an unregistered domain name today is not expensive. It's going out and getting the key brands and services that um, have been established and trying to get those in the aftermarket. Andrew, you want to say? Yeah, I want to add something. Is that the, the trademarks um, on... The, the search engines are the, the main, real main focus because I, you know, people, you could buy different variations of it. People will type it in, but it's going to be very small to the amount of people who are actually searching on it and clicking over on either on the paid and the organic side. On the paid side, you can go with Google and, and MSN and you can exclude anybody from using your trademark terms. On the organic side, what I would suggest, because this is where the unpoliced area is right now in the industry. There, I would suggest buying every variation of your domain, and I would write unique content for each and every one of those domains, and try to get them indexed on the on your brand terms. Because I have seen a lot of times to, to rank on a lot on brand terms, um, I, I see is I, I can slip through a lot of uh, companies' cracks and and get up there. So if I did want to do a negative attack on your brand, I could buy the name sucks.com and optimize and, and get links to it. So I would suggest go that route. And I suggest that for a lot of people who have large brand equity here is to buy unique domains, write unique content, maybe even have them sit on different IP addresses so um, and, and rank on those phrases. And I think that's the real trademark issue right now is the, that organic stuff. Hi, I just had a quick question. Do you see continued growth in like uh, registering uh, domain names with different country names like Pepsi.cm or uh, Coke.et or something? Well, first of all, I would never register one of those names because they're, they're trademark protected. <laughs> and um, global companies will come after those brands because Pepsi and Coke and Apple and Microsoft do business in all 240 countries that their domain name's in. So uh, I would never register a, a trademark name like that. However, Again, as I expressed before, if your product or service is outside the United States or you want it to be accessible to other people, um, you should always try to get those country code extensions covered. Um, because as I mentioned before, people in foreign countries tend to type in their country code extension prior, before they type in a .com. And that's a known fact. And the country code um, CCTLD registration rate 
compared to .com and .net and .org registration rates are about 10% higher um, in terms of popularity. So it's growing at a faster clip than even our own .com and .net and .org registrations are. So um, the global market is coming on strong, places like China and India and, and then all the third world countries and then some of the other countries like France and the Netherlands just opened up their registration rules so you don't have to physically file pieces of paper anymore. It's an automated process. They're coming on strong because you can file a, for a domain name online. Um, you may require presence in those particular countries, so you have to check and see if you need to establish a, a, a P.O. box or have a corporate office there or have an agent uh, at a lawyer's office to be able to do that if it's really that important to you. But a lot of the countries like .co.uk don't require presence. Um, you can own that and be a United States citizen. Could you give some guidelines uh, related to what you can and can't register? For example, I was talking to somebody and they had Volvo Independent Service and Volvo came and shut them down. Um, so could you give us some guidelines and suggestions as far as what you can and can't have in the way of names, number one, and number two is what type of keywords um, on the CPC side uh, you can and, or what type of content you can have in your keyword ads on the CPC side? So I'll answer the first part and then John or um, Andrew can answer the second part. I mean, use common sense when registering domain names. Again, if you're going to cover, if you're going to try and register a domain name that's a famous mark or brand, you're you're asking for a potential issue, unless you're providing some kind of service that relates to that name. So, if you're a Coke distributor, you might have right to CokeDistribution.com um, because you're that's your business and you have a right to own something with the word Coke in it. If you're Coke, if you're if you're registering um, Coke Distribution and you're Pepsi distributor, that's when you're going to get in trouble because you're offering competitive service. If you're confusing the customer in any way or misleading them in any way or the end user or if you're infringing on somebody's mark, that's when you stay away. Um, if it's something that you're providing in terms of your service and your products, you may have just as much right as the trademark owner to those particular domain names. There's not an automatic registration right for famous brands and products and services so that they don't have to register those names. In other words, if Coke decided they didn't want to register the name Coca-Cola.com, they can't just leave it out there unregistered. So, you know, it, it, they don't have automatic rights to have every single mark covered in the Coca-Cola brand of products or services. They have to go in and register themselves or cover themselves. And if they don't, it's as much their fault as it is somebody registering one of their brands or, or marks as well. So if they do have right to use them because they're offering some products and services that are related to that product, they may be able to be legally have the right to some of those names. The key to understanding uh, trademark law with respect to any of these issues, and this one especially included, something that Monty had said, which has to do with you know whether you're causing any confusion. If you had VolvoIndependentService.com, you know you know it was sort of a, a case where you would have had to prove. Uh, ownership of that domain wasn't going to result in consumer confusion. The key phrase there being consumer confusion. Anytime anyone out there is is confused by uh, either uh, by your use of someone uh, some registered trademark, that's when you're breaking the you know breaking the trademark law, and you can be uh, you can be sued for it. So it's uh, it's really has to do with this protection of the trademark, protection of the image of the company that's doing those services. So consumer confusion, it's all around that. So if you're registering domains, certainly don't register anything that's going to confuse anybody whatsoever. And if there is a mark in it, you also should take, you know, you should understand that even if you're not really intentionally trying to confuse anybody or if you don't think the, the, the domain does confuse somebody, 
you know, the, the mark owner can still sue you for it and can still actually prove their case. So, you know, just weigh the, you know, benefit against uh, the risk there. Typically, the engines are looking for relevant content on the landing page. So um, I know Yahoo, at one point, they were allowing you to, um, you know, show various competitors. You can have a landing page, let's say, of a website, and then you want to show you have a landing page of competitors, so you can use that competitor keyword to go to that landing page. But I think they closed that loophole up as well. So is that correct? I, I believe so, but it's, I'm also not really as focused on the advertiser creative side as I am kind of the, the publisher uh, inventory acquisition side. So the, the, the search engines have all had experience now with trademark uh, going back many years. Uh, you know, probably, you know, the pharmaceutical industry really came in pretty pretty tough with the engines and people uh, advertising and using and purchasing keywords. So even in the case of purchasing keywords, if you're purchasing a search that the search is a registered trademark, there's an even a gray area there because you may be serving up an ad and if the mark appears in it, then uh, you can get into some hot water there. I mean, if you have dynamically inserted keywords in your ad creative and you purchase a mark and the mark then gets inserted into the ad, you know, this is a very serious issue, and you want to be very careful about that because uh, that uh, is an issue that, uh, in a sense, breaks the trademark. Um, uh, you're causing consumer confusion, and the mark owner can sue you for it. The, the reality is, is that the, the, the companies who is the, the, the main companies need to police, have some type of policies in place for their trademarks, and you've got to abide by them. So, I mean, we manage the, the Win Las Vegas account, and we manage their trademark stuff pretty aggressively, and there are pro uh, partners who definitely slip through the loopholes and try to take advantage of maybe Google MSN system that, hey, I can do a broad match on this phrase and, and sneak in there, but at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're policing it, and we're going to contact them and remove their sales if if that continues or remove them as an affiliate. Um, so, you know, it really has to do with the relationship between, uh, you know, you advertising on, on brand terms and, and, and whom, who you're getting compensated for. Um, and going back to the, the domains, I mean, we aggressively are contacting every uh, domain owner with any uh, trademark phrase that uh, is infringing on uh, WIN, and they're, they're taking people to court, and I mean, I can't see any domain owner making enough money to compete with some of these large brands and trademarks. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, just give it up because they're going to come and get yeah. you. It's, and the ones who are smaller, um, they just don't have the brand equity to really make it a, a worthwhile business. Um, so, if you, do, if, you do have a brand, if you do have a company with brand equity, then you know that your, your brand keyword or domain usually converts higher than anything else. So at the lowest cost. So um, affiliates recognize that too. So they'll buy a lot of misspells. We have a client who, you know, if I do a referral report again, there might be, you know, 10 or 20 misspells of their name, and they're mostly affiliates, and a lot of them are converting. So the client doesn't really <laughs> care that much, but you are sharing that revenue with your affiliates. Yeah, that was my follow-up point is, in many cases, if you own that domain name, uh, you know, Volvo Service, and you did, weren't in the Volvo service business. You weren't in the service business at all. But ultimately, the customer got to a Volvo dealer or service site through a PPC page or through an affiliate site. The advertiser, the end user at Volvo, gets the benefit of having that traffic anyway. So in some cases, some of the, some of the companies don't care if they're ending up with more traffic as a result. If you're sending them to Saab service or some competing site, that's when there's going to be a big problem. 
Um, so a lot of companies aren't doing things because they're ultimately getting the traffic anyway. And as John mentioned, there's a split in revenue somewhere down the line, but their ultimate desti- you know, goal was to get the traffic, and then the ultimate goal is to get conversion. You know, doesn't matter how much traffic you get. If you don't convert it, then it's not worth anything. The dynamic insert. Yeah. Got to be careful with, with that. The gap is the organic stuff. You can optimize <laughs> no one's policing. <laughs> That's a little tidbit out there for everybody. It was a nice, uh, you know, addition to the to the response because it, it it definitely uh, you know is in this uh, panel as well with regards you know trademark law. That's one of the areas where uh, the search engines all have you know uh, have to deal with trademark law. They've all had sort of a uh, an experience now with um, with that specific issue and search, uh, both in the ad network and of course also purchasing domains. A lot of people purchase domains with marks in them, and then they start advertising, and then you know they they get in trouble. So, you know, thing to avoid. Well, another another quick example of that was a client of ours who, yeah, and, and the best practice, you know, in those cases when you have, um, you know, maybe you have a competitive ad group and you have competitive keywords, just make sure within that ad group, make sure not to use um, keyword insert. We did have that happen once by accident. Usually, you know, the company that is affected will send you a, you know, a cease and desist. It became a bigger issue than we wanted it to be, but um, it was, you know, cleared up when we took it off. So I've never seen anything really go much further with our clients than a cease and desist. That's an easy way out. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants a suit. Right. <laughs> Another question? Yes, right here. I have a couple questions. Um, when you're doing your keyword brainstorming for, say, um, possible ideas in the future, how many variations of the actual keyword do you want to get referring to .com, .net, .biz? I mean, where do you stop? Um, like, if you get a keyword, do you automatically, I'm assuming you want to get a .net, but how far do you want to go? And then my second question is, if you have a domain that is, say, bringing in $10,000 a year of revenue, then is it safe to say that if you want to sell it, it's worth five times you know, uh, five years of that revenue, is that what it's worth um, as a baseline? Okay, so the first question, um, and I'm sure Andrew or John will expand on that. Um, in keyword purchases, it's important probably to just cover the .com, um, maybe the .net on that le- level, not going all the way down, but your core products and services, your core brand, your mark, you want to cover in as much variation as you can that makes sense, you know, that you can afford. Um, and again, if you're, if, you're, if you're looking to go outside the United States, you've got to cover country codes and, and that kind of stuff. I wouldn't go to misspelling of country codes yet um, in some of those because, um, again, most people hit it right on the first time, but, you know, there are a lot of mistypes and misspells. Um, in terms of evaluating um, what a domain name's worth in terms of a revenue stream, that's all dependent on the particular industry. Um, if you're gambling or adult, it's a less multiple than if you're in mortgage or finance or loans. Um, and those multiples are 10 to 20 times, as an example, of revenue versus um, something that might have a little bit more risk to it, to the market, that um, regulation could change or some kind of industry factor could change. Um, then you have seasonality domains and things that are related to weather and holidays and those types of things. Those are also varying because something regarding Christmas usually happens just around Christmas time. Um, and so those are all evaluated differently. Does it create? Sorry, does it create more risk if you if most of that revenue is coming from Google AdSense and affiliate sales? 
I don't know about risk. I mean, that's your, the business model that you decided to go into is using them as a source for, for sales. Um, but, you know, my suggestion would be, and this is something that we take on in our business, is that I look to buy the strongest .com domain I could possibly get with the keywords in that domain. I don't need a thousand variations because I can build out around hundreds, thousands of keywords on one single domain. So I don't, and look, it's hard enough to attract links, build links, um, to one domain, let alone you know a number of domains. So my suggestion would be to get one, the best thing you could get. And I, if you can't find it on the open market, uh, I would definitely say go buy the domain based on uh, you know the business that you're going after, and 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 look at you know the history of how many people are searching on these domains, um, and uh, you know go after the ones that have the highest search by that domain, and then build content around it. And, and all those secondary phrases that don't drive as much traffic, you just build sub pages around around each and every one of them. Uh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying if, you, if someone bought a generic domain but yet wrote content around a certain brand. I, I haven't heard any any of of those issues unless you're going to advertise that domain on the pay per click stuff. But indexing organically, um, you know, it, that should be fine. Two, two laws here: copyright or trademark. They're different. So yeah. copyright would be something where you went to the other site and grabbed some of their comp copy and actually used it on your own site. That would be copyright infringement. Trademark is another issue. You can. If you feel like writing about Google, you can feel free to do so on your website. Well, then you're you're infringing on Google's. Uh, right. Well, you're in that uh, you're in that gray area thing. You you might still be able to fairly operate. Yeah, using GoogleReview.com or something uh, as a as a domain issue, but you're still, you know, you're poking a stick at the hornet's nest because you've got the you've got the trademark in your domain name. It, it's not a bad idea to ask a lot of the corporations either, you know, uh, before you do that. So yeah. if you're, you know, obviously if it's to their benefit and it gets them more um, press and also every piece of content that's ever written on the web, you know, through blogs and reviews, even negative reviews end up positive in terms of search engine uh, relevance anyway, right. ironically. Um, and so in some cases, the corporations that have that key brand or mark may allow you to do it and it may be okay to ask now you um, don't instead of taking the chance. Now, having a domain is different than running a company. If you if you registered uh, Google Review as an as a corporation, that that uh, trademark search might come up saying, "Ah, you'd be violating Google's you know mark right. on that service." And you certainly couldn't use the colorful lettering. <laughs> Any other questions for our panel? Got a couple question more. I guess you say we have time for one more good question. Uh, if you could hold on a moment, because we're going to go to the microphone in the back. Uh, my question is, so uh, you mentioned the example uh, earlier about uh, Microsoft Zoom, that they didn't register the domains and uh, uh, other uh, domain buyers just got them before that. Doesn't that get into the uh, area of registering trademark domains? So are these uh, domain buyers doing a smart thing, or are they doing something stupid? Well, that obviously depends on whether they registered the mark first. Um, you know, another example was the, you know, catastrophes and disasters and, you know, the Katrina. hurricanes and, uh, you know, what happened at Virginia Tech and the killings. People went out and registered gobs of those domain names, too, to drive traffic or to capitalize on that stuff. So in the case of Microsoft, they actually got caught um, in a bad place because they didn't have the protection. 
Uh, Zoom had a different meaning. It was already in existence from something else prior to. So um, they could probably go swing the big stick, but they're going to have to do it lots and lots of times. And so um, they're, you know, they, I believe they've already tried to acquire the main name and um, done some of that stuff. But the point is, is just to be smart, like when um, um, the lady in the back was asking about future thinking. You know, many companies will not launch a product or service or even their company name without getting that domain name first. It's that critical now. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the mainstream brick-and-mortar advertising is flowing all onto the web and converting very well. And so it's very important to cover your key brands, services, and products with your domain names because we're going to be in a web, mobile-driven, you know, uh, economy long-term for as long as we all live. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so. there's a name tag they call predictive domaining now. That's what the, the new term that just popped up recently where you're trying to forecast what trends are and start buying those domains before it even you know, starts driving the traffic. Yes, yeah, seven years ago I had a couple of clients starting registering nano names. And uh, you know, all their friends and relatives thought they were crazy. And now nanotechnology is like the hottest thing. And so these future thinking are, you know, these predictive domains are now extremely valuable today. So that's why it's still a great big market with lots of variations of words. We have not only, um, you know, uh, uh, regular dictionaries, but now we have urban dictionaries and all kinds of different phonetical and linguistical meanings of all kinds of different things with double meanings and triple meanings and all kinds of things like that. So domain names mean a lot more today than they did, um, you know, seven years ago. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Domain Masters tonight. Uh, again, you've listened to a special edition of Domain Masters. Uh, this is uh, recorded at the Search Engine Strategy Show out in San Jose, California. Uh, you listened to Monty Khan as he did his presentation on domaining and address bar-driven traffic. Monty would be back in the office uh, for 